there. Welcome to Sundry. It's a podcast where I try to never do the same thing twice. Sometimes weird, sometimes funny, sometimes fiction, always interesting, or at least that's what I'm going for. I'm your host, Ben Fort. I hope you really like what I'm doing with this episode, because I'll never do it again. Saria from Syria. Hi, I'm Ben, and this is Sundry. Today I'm talking with my friend Saria. Hey, Saria, how about you introduce yourself? Hello, Ben. I'm Saria from Syria. Saria Al-Madani. Um, nobody has to remember my name. It's okay. <laughs> but you can remember his name because everyone I know is like, oh, Saria from Syria. Saria from Syria. Yes, so just... you can use that as well. Uh, I'm excited about this conversation mostly because I like talking to Saria, but also because not everyone has a friend from Syria, even though everyone's talking about Syria. For some reason, I thought it would be helpful to add our conversation to the conversation. I met Saria in January here in Fort Worth. I was teaching a sketch comedy writing course, and he was the first student to arrive. Saria, why did you take a sketch comedy writing course? Well, first of all, I I was bored. I wasn't doing much at that time. <laughs> and um, I'm interested in writing in all sorts and I've never taken a sketch comedy course before, and I looked up what TCU offered, and I was interested in that one. So I thought, let's give it a try. Awesome. Well, uh, you did a great job. I was at first a little worried. I didn't know what your level of English was, if there would be any cultural barriers, Um, but you were one of the best students in the class, and that was because you realized quicker than everyone else that the best way to have good comedy is to trust what you think is funny. And um, I I really remember uh, one of your scenes that you brought in and it was uh, two women gossiping at the Arab store. Yes. And it was really funny. I've never been to the Arab store, but um, I, I found that really funny and I was glad that you trusted your instincts on that. So, yeah, well, thank you. Um, I, I really had fun through the whole course, and I was also um, a little surprised that I, I was better than I thought I, I would be because I've never tried writing comedy. And um, yeah, I like you said, I, I thought I shouldn't worry about what to write, but just write what I think is funny, and I did that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so then after that, um, uh, Saria joined um, an artist group I'm a part of, Create Fort Worth, and... Um, so we've connected uh, as artists, um, and so that's how that's how we became friends. Um, so I met you in January. How long have you been in the United States? Well, I came here in March 2014, mm-hmm. so a year and a half, I think, now. So you grew up in Syria. Mm-hmm. You're a real-life Syrian. Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, what was that like uh, growing up there? It was great. Um, I'd grown up like any other person would in any different country. Um, I was surrounded by lots of family members and friends. Um, um, I was lucky enough to be uh, in social circles that are very culturally d- diverse. Um, my parents made sure I learned you know, two other languages, and they did a great job with that, which helps a lot today. And what languages do you know? Arabic, French, and English. 
but I don't speak French much now. I just understand it because I don't practice it. <laughs> in what city did you grow up in? Damascus, the capital, um, which is also the oldest city in the world. And I think that helped a lot shape who I am today. It has such history and artistic history and um, culture to it. Everybody knows that. Everybody who's been to Damascus or know about Damascus knows that. And um, I love it. I mean, it's home. That's one part. And then Damascus itself is such a beautiful city and has a lot of art that I think really helped um, me knowing what I want. And um, other than that, I I don't I didn't think that I would be leaving unless it was something maybe for like a master's degree or something. Was there a point when things started to change over there? Yes, I remember um, last year of high school, things were changing in different cities um, in Syria. And, you know, we thought it was going to be for a few months and then it'll all go away. And then I went to college. Um, I moved to college, which is uh, in a different city, like an hour away from Damascus. And I was starting that, which was really exciting. Like any 18 year old would love like to go to dorms and start college. And I did that. But then after the, well, after the first year, things really got bad in all of Syria. And um, sometimes where college was would be safer than Damascus and I wouldn't go home for the weekend and sometimes Damascus would be safer than where college was and I wouldn't like I would skip two days or something from classes just to stay in the safer place but yeah I think at at the end of 2011 beginning of 2012 like where I used to live started um getting bad and can you what do you mean by started getting bad? Well, in the beginning, it was just, you know, protests and things like that that were that would shake up the town for a few days. But by the end of 2012, it was everything you would think of. Um, bombs, planes, strikes, um, explosions, all that. <laughs> so you had shared with me once about being at school and then having to be sheltered from the bombs. Do you mind sharing that? No, absolutely not. Um, Yeah, um, I remember going to college after the weekend, and the first day it was going all right. Nothing major happened. But then um, all school heard a lot of gunshots pretty close to where the campus was. So we, you know, we stayed in dorms and tried not to get out. And then it stopped at night and then the next day nothing like it seemed that the town was fine and um i remember going to the mall um near campus to have dinner with my friends and we did but at well actually before my meal came i remember that clearly um a bomb dropped really close to the mall and like all glass broke power went out and everybody started freaking out and run and we of course went back to dorms and hid in campus um, but that was just it, the two bombs. And the next day I woke up and packed two bags just in case something else happens. I would, you know, try and leave for Damascus. 
And um, as I was walking to my class, I remember I, I was seeing bombs falling really close to campus and I had to run and stay in a basement of one college. And yeah, we stayed there for like four to five hours until they started letting buses go. But it wasn't safe to take a bus to Damascus because the road was where all of this was happening. Um, but I didn't think I would... Um, want to stay any longer even if it was safer i just decided to take the bus and go home <laughs> i cannot imagine at all what's that what that's like mm -hmm. and i think a lot of folks here would say oh you probably just grew up with that over there but it's like just as shocking yeah to you as it would be oh yeah definitely <laughs> i would i mean growing up i would see you know like war news in neighboring countries and places really close to Syria, but I would never think this would happen to us. And even when everything started happening in Syria, I still didn't think it would happen, you know, with me or with my family, but it did. And I remember that those three days were really bad. I, it was the first I saw anything like that. And I didn't even tell my mom because I didn't want her to get worried. I just called my dad and told him, you know, this is happening. And he said, well, try to take the bus if you could and don't tell mom. And I said, okay. And I didn't tell her because I don't want, I don't want her to get worried because she might get really worried and drive there to take me. <laughs> so yeah, but it was really shocker and shocking. Um, I didn't grow up with that. I I've never seen anything like it. And it was the first. Mm. Um, what led your family to the decision to leave Syria? Um, there was a lot of, reasons they took that decision um most importantly they wanted um a safer environment for both my me, me and my sister and they wanted better future for both of us um and of course living there is not safe at all um and um there's a lot of issues that might come up uh, with me or with my sister and um, also, my my family had some problems with a, a few sides, I think, I would say with the government or a, mm -hmm. with a regime that was there. And um, it wasn't safe for them to stay uh, longer than that. So um, they applied for a visa and they got it. And who's they? Uh, my parents applied for a visa for all of us and we all got it, mm -hmm. even though they were worried I may not get it because yeah. they don't usually give visas to young men. <laughs> and so did all four of you come over to well, the U.S.? We came, uh, my sister, my mom and I, mm -hmm. for a little bit. Then my dad followed, but then he left because he had some things to sort out and now he's kind of stuck there. So do you uh, still have friends over there in Damascus? I do. I, I have a lot of friends and lots of family members back in Damascus. Um, we talk to them. Um, they're okay. Not very safe. Um, they face a lot of troubles, even if it w weren't, you know, bombs and shells. They, they don't have electricity 24-7. They sometimes get polluted water and... Um, Everything is very expensive since, you know, the economics in Syria is, are really, really bad. So they're managing 
but very badly. Are they intending to stay there or are they actively looking to get out? Well, I mean, some of them are and some of them are not. Um, like my, my best friend is still there. Um, she's obviously um, intending to leave as soon as possible. She has a few exams coming up. She's going to do them and then plan to leave very soon. Um, I think all young people are trying to leave because even if they were, you know, not in immediate danger of death right there, they, they don't have anything to do after school or education. And even the education they're getting is not really good. So they don't have any future or career to build. So they're all leaving. But for older people like my grandma, she doesn't want to leave because she thinks, why would she? You know, it's her home. She wants to stay there. And whatever happens, happens. That's what she says. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's a matter of youth and families like new families who have young kids, of course, are looking to leave because it's no place to be right now. Yeah. So why did you end up in Fort Worth, Texas? I love Fort Worth. Yeah. I'm glad you picked it. But uh... well, my uncle lives here. Um, my mom's brother has been here for almost, I'm not sure, 16 or 17 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came to TCU to study and then he just stayed here. So we came here because we knew someone who's here. So um, and we just stayed. We kind of liked it. So do you have any acquaintances who fight for ISIS or ISIL or whatever they're being referred to? No, absolutely not. I not like no one like like some jerk from your second grade class. No, not isn't... not at all. I don't know anybody who fight for ISIS. I don't know anyone who knows someone who fights for ISIS. I'm not even Close to knowing anybody who does so who are these people i don't know <laughs> i are... i it's i mean i'm not sure if they're all syrian anyway mm-hmm. um we see a lot of videos and most of the times they don't even have a syrian accent um they they come from all around the middle east and europe and some from america even um but yeah they who are they i absolutely don't know um, and it's really shocking to me how a bunch of people we, we don't know just ended up there and um, are spreading across Syria and Iraq. Do you know anybody who's involved with the current regime? Not even that, no. So you're not a refugee. You are a, a an asylum seeker. Yes. What has that process been like for you? It's been okay. Um, it's a very long process. It's still going. Um, and it, it, it takes a lot of time for refugees and asylum seekers all over the world, actually, not only here. Um, the, my personal problem here was that um, the Houston Asylum Office had a huge backlog and they're still listening to older cases because they don't have much officers and... Um, so we're still waiting on the interview to happen. However, we were able to issue like work permits and social security cards. And um, we basically can do everything that we're supposed to do right now or that we want to do. Um, but our status in the U.S. with the government is still pending 
until the interview happens. And the Houston, I mean, asylum office is taking a long time, but a lot of other offices across the U.S. take even longer. And people in refugee camps who want to resettle, their average wait time is between 5 to 13 years. Wow. Um, <laughs> do you know um, anybody in any other cities that are well going through this sort of process? Like we have some family members who left to Turkey and they registered with the UN mm-hmm. because they, you know, they tell them we're refugees and if we can resettle, then that would be great. But they can't put their hopes on that because they know it's not going to happen. I mean, if they were lucky, it may happen in three years. So they need to settle down in this country they're at and try to work and make money and let it be or take a boat to Europe. <laughs> so I know that it wasn't until recently that you were even able to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you currently have a job? Um, I just part-time at the Arabic store we <laughs> talked about earlier. Where, where, you, where you get all your... Uh, your comedy material. Yeah, <laughs> most of it. <laughs> um, but how, how have y'all been uh, g- getting by since, yeah. since you've been here? Well, we, I mean, my, my family had some savings they put aside for this. Um, of course, they didn't know it was going to take this long and they spent a lot from it. So um, I'm not sure how we're going to go to college, but we'll see about that part. Um, but yeah, they they basically just started spending from their savings and so we can be able to manage. And um, I mean, even if we all got jobs, you know, you, you still need to have some savings because it's not easy. Brent and everything else, I mean, it's not going to be the same as it was in Syria. And how, um, how many semesters of college did you do before you came over? I did four semesters, two years. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to transfer them or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did four semesters and um, that's it. What would you say is your your daily life look like now? Well, now it's a little bit still very boring. Um, <laughs> I don't do much, honestly. I, I part-time two days or three days a week. Um, I'm always like busy with papers and bills and stuff like that um i drive my sister most of the time a lot of places because she's in high school so she has more activities and people to deal with than i do Mm -hmm. and um now since i'm able to i'm starting my college applications and hoping that will resolve soon yeah um are you looking for next fall i honestly yeah whatever the sooner the better. Yeah. So if I were able to go in spring, that would be great. But I don't think so. So what uh, what do you hope to do here in the next few years? Do you see yourself in the United States long term? Are you looking to go back? No, I absolutely see myself here long term. And um, I hope, you know, I'll be able to finish college. That's the most important thing on my mind right now. And um We'll see after that. I'm not sure if I want to start with a career or study some more. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do you know what you want to study? Um, I'm I'm still debating between visual arts or communication. It's going to be one of those. 
probably depending on which college I end up in. Well, whatever you do, I hope you keep up your art, at least on the side, um, because you've got a voice, um, both in your visual art, your poetry, your comedy writing. And so, mm-hmm. well, thank I'll, you. I, I hope very, so too. I'll be very angry if, uh, <laughs> if I ever find out that you just, uh, just left all that. Oh, behind. absolutely not. I, I want to study something within art so I can keep doing this as well. It's basically who I am. So I'm, that's not going to be left out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to say before we go grab some lunch? Um, well, if anybody's listening, I, I advise them to try and see or find a Syrian friend. We're fun. Uh, I can vouch for that and can say that that's great well thank you so much for joining me well thank you let's go get something to eat thanks for listening to Sundry every episode's different so if you enjoyed this personal take on a hot politicized issue please know that next week is about Harry Potter fan fiction please subscribe rate like tell share etc bye